Welcome to the Asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome into the Asylum. You can hear us on fakepigskin.com. I'm Rick Briggs, my partner, Rick Flieger. He's over in the production room right now. He'll be coming over directly, of course. Alejandro is not here. He headed to Belarus for another interpretive dance competition. Yes, and uh, I believe he arrived yesterday, day after Christmas, and I believe the competition starts for the Eastern European Championships, I believe. Well, that's good. I'm I'm rooting for him. I I hope it works out. He he showed up for his once-a-quarter appearance collected his bonus for the end of the year and now he's gone again so <laughs> yeah, that's good right. for him good thing we're printing money here at the asylum and we can help him out with that exactly but uh here we are after christmas uh you know i think we'll have one more oh 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 Merry you're still christmas. in the you're still in the spirit oh right you like know that. me i it <laughs> takes me a month to yeah. get out of it you, you do bleed the christmas spirit <laughs> yes indeed it. it just oozes out so of how you. was your christmas rick i'm glad it's over it, it, actually it was kind of quiet not all the family was in so that was good it wasn't here any holiday that's not here in my home and near this studio i'm happy with was able to blow out in a couple hours. It wasn't too bad. The kid had a good time, and I guess that's all that really matters, right? But I'm glad it's over. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't need to have fun anymore, I guess. So, uh, no, as long as they had fun and, uh, you know, they're happy, you're happy. Well, let's not not go crazy. Okay, you're tolerable. Let's put it that way. I'm I'm manageable. So, I don't know. What are we going to do today, Rick? Is anybody really playing in Week 17? How much fantasy football do you discuss in Week 17? You shouldn't be. Well, I mean, if they are, it's not a real league, so get over Unless it's like the Scott Fishbowl where they almost have to take it the whole way out oh, for it, totals it, and everything. I think yeah, that's over as well. I had a had a good run in there. Didn't get as deep as I want. Yeah, you, you and me both. There I mean. are a lot of leagues. Not a lot, but I'm seeing leagues out there that use week 16 and 17 but take a, a two-week total. total. Right. What, what are your feelings on that? I'll be honest with you. I just kind of like the way we talk about you sixteen, and and that's it. I mean, just for example, say say the Rams had nothing to play for. Now you now they're sitting down. Todd Gurley, right? And and many other teams doing the same thing. Alex Smith getting Which sat down. Sat down. Todd Gurley last week for well, yeah, but, and I'm, the week before. But that's what happens, and I think it's just kind of a bogus week, quite frankly, in fantasy because it's really. Um, it's basically a, a half week because right. a lot of teams are playing for something and other teams aren't, and a lot of the big stars don't play a whole lot, maybe even only a half, something of that nature. So I, I like shutting it down at week 16. I do like the two-week total, though. I mean, maybe a week 15 and 16 total. Maybe some leagues do that. I'm not even sure. That, that intrigues me. I don't know why. That intrigues me somewhat. Maybe it takes some of the the randomness out of it. You know, I, I don't think like in the caveman league, it wouldn't have mattered as uh, the champion in that league just Todd Gurley, myself, and then the the next guy this past week to absolute death. Yeah, his... but in a lot of leagues, it could take some of the randomness out of out of a week sixteen championship. Yeah, the champion in our caveman league in his three playoff games. As a matter of fact, I believe he was the last guy into the playoffs. Yeah, he's he rumbled under 500, for. Makes me 
be sick. Gurley averaged, I think, 45 point something points in three games. Average. Yeah, average. Average. Exactly. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's crazy. That's just absolutely absurd. So, Rick, so we'll do a few headlines here. A lot of things I just want to talk about from the past week. I guess we can call them takeaways. It's going to be pretty light fantasy football. Still want to do the last game balls and stinky socks of the year. I think we got to throw that out there. We got sound bites to use, Rick. We got a lot of buttons and need an excuse to push them. Oh, exactly. And of course, it's a new year, my friend. So we're going to make our 2018 fantasy football resolutions that we won't keep just like all your real resolutions. Because as I was putting this together, it dawned on me, we'd done this in the past because we're hacky and this is the kind of thing we do. And I think everyone I wrote down, you could probably go back in the archives and find me have said me saying these things over and over and over again. And I never take my own advice. And uh, we're going to pick games as Rick in his... Uh, skullduggery and his malfeasance has faked his way into a one-game yeah. lead and it all comes down to week 17. Exactly and that's probably one of the toughest other than week one could be the toughest uh, week to pick. Yeah yeah th this one was rough and trying to factor in who cares and who doesn't and who lays eggs and who's playing and who's not. It's going to be a disaster. Are we going to include the playoffs, or are we shutting her down after after this week? I think we shut it down. It's I think we shut her down regular season. Now, if we regular need a tiebreaker, maybe we add the playoffs right. in. Yeah, we can do something like that. But we'll do a playoff, oh, yeah. come up with some sort of a playoff game like always. Well, that's, and uh, that's what we do. Yeah. But before that, Rick, uh, why don't you pay Gimmicky. the bills here, for God's sake. you got to keep the lights on. You're already complaining it's too dim in here. you got to be able to afford to keep them on. Well, I mean, how much money does it take to uh, buy a new candle? Well, that's expensive. <laughs> you can't. I, I'm not allowed around fire. I can't be trusted. All right, listen up. Did you know your chances of winning on draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? Did you know that, Rick? I, I did not, yes, but I'm you glad did. you told me. That's why you need to try draft. There's no more getting crushed by the pros. And uh, I don't know, like the pros. Huh? I don't like the pros. More than a million people have already downloaded Draft. Play in real live NBA or NFL drafts right now. NFL's winding down, so hop on. Be done in under five minutes and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second, so you can join one whenever you want. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft, and you make your first deposit, but you have to use a promo code. Fake pigskin. That's right. Play in a real money draft for free just by using the promo code. Hold on. It's going to come to Fake pigskin. Pig but it right. gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering satellite radio listeners a money-back guarantee up to 100 bucks. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play free right now with the promo code. Fake pigskin, baby. Bingo. Woo-hoo. All right, kind of light on headlines. Not a lot to talk about here. Obviously, you mentioned uh, Goff and Gurley going to get the rest this week for the Rams. So if you're playing in Week 17, sorry about that because you're playing this week because of Todd Gurley, and now they're going to go ahead and sit him down. As you mentioned, Alex Smith going to take the day off for the Chiefs. That could be interesting. Is this an audition for Mahomes? You wonder, as well as they played at the beginning of the year, when Alex Smith was, quite frankly, at the beginning of the year, an MVP candidate, then they had that swoon in the middle of the year and all the similar Alex Smith game manager type of refrain, right, came bubbling back to the surface and they were all screaming for Patrick Mahomes and then Smith gets it put together. They make this little run at the end of the year and lock up the division. Is Alex Smith the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2018, Rick? Oh, he certainly should be. Uh, I'm looking at the swoon that you aforementioned 
Week 9, they lost to Dallas 28-17. 263, two touchdowns. He did have a pick. They had a bye week. They did lose the Giants. That was the stinker of the year. 230 yards, two interceptions. Then they lost to Buffalo 16-10, a buck 99 touchdown and an interception. Then they lost to the Jets, but he put up 366 and four touchdowns, no interceptions. Then they started on their winning streak again. I mean, I, I find it very hard to believe that a true fan can sit there and say, we want Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, they just won a division title, and one of the few teams, if not the only team, I don't, I don't, I'm not real sure, that went into Foxborough and won. It just amazes me how impatient and short-sighted some people are. They they scream for the next guy all the time, and then it's usually like, how do you like me now? Right, and what I find interesting, so now everyone agrees that Pat Mahomes is a project, right? He's sort of raw skill, raw playmaker, you know, not comparing him to, you know, career potential, but when you watch him play, the decisions he makes, the things he does is very Brett Favre-like from, from what little I know of Pat Mahomes. So you bring him in to an offense, to a team that's won back-to-back titles, who is built around sort of Alex Smith's skill set, right? You use the tight end a lot. You got the all-world tight end. You run the ball, which I'm going to argue the swoon in the middle of the year was two things. It was bad defense. It was, for some reason, getting away for Kareem, from Kareem Hunt for about six or seven weeks. Yeah, had I mean, nothing to do with Alex Smith. Right. You have Tyreek Hill, sort of that dynamic downfield playmaker. You don't have a single traditional receiver in Kansas City right now. So you just wonder, is that the best situation if you're a Chiefs fan <laughs> To bring a guy like Pat Mahomes in when you got Alex Smith, who in my mind is the perfect quarterback for what they're trying to do, and you saw it for the first five or six weeks of the year. You've seen it for the last three. You just he's sort of built for. They built this team around what Alex Smith does, and these clowns can't wait to get rid of him. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, if I walked up to you, Rick, and said, "Hey, uh, Rick, here's a guy right here. He's got four thousand forty-two passing yards." 26 touchdowns on five picks. And by the way, he's also rushed for 355 yards and a touchdown. Would you want him on the bench? I'm not going to tell you he's a game manager if you just give me the number. Right. Right. I mean, Alex Smith has come into his own, and they Andy Reid has built that team and that offense around him. It's starting to work for the last two years. It worked in spades at the beginning of this year, and just you have the shiny new toy. I guess it's the old saying, right? The most popular player on NFL, every NFL team's the backup quarterback, but it's just stupid. But you're going to hear the clamoring. If Mahomes comes out and has a big game, if he has that Matt Flynn game that Flynn had for the Packers that made all the millions of dollars for him that he never ended up uh, earning right. whatsoever, you're going to see it with Pat Mahomes. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, yeah, Pat Mahomes going against Jay. Cutler and the vaunted Dolphins. <laughs> so uh, it, it's not going to be a true litmus test anyway. Miami's play. out of it. And so you know any sort of interest Jay Cutler might have had has long since passed. Right. So he, there's nothing yeah. there. Yeah, he didn't care week one. He sure <laughs> as hell doesn't care now. Exactly. I guarantee you that. A uh, little bit of injury news. Melvin Gordon dealing with an ankle sprain. He's still in the boot, but he's acting like he's going to play this week. Obviously a must win for uh, Definitely. L.A. And DeMarco Murray has a grade three torn MCL, and they're still acting like he's going to play. He's acting week. like he's yeah. going to play.
Which to um, my, I I looked this up because I was curious. I thought maybe grade one was the worst and three was the the least. No. It's the opposite, right? So this exactly. is a full tear, unstable. Is what I read, and he, he seems to think he can play. I don't know why you just don't roll Derrick Henry. I know it's a must win, but is there much of a downgrade from Henry to Murray? Not I guess at this Murray's point. better in the pass game. True. I guess, but, but let's face it. I, I don't think you're going to beat Jacksonville with a few swing passes to to a back. You're going to have to establish some sort of run game or so. pass or and or pass game to beat Jacksonville who, by the way, doesn't have a lot to play for, really. They can't has get below zero, three. Has zero to play for. Right. right. So I have but a Marone feeling. Marone said they're not, he's not sitting anybody, but that doesn't mean you know, – okay, So, and I think that's an important thing to talk about as we go into this week. If you are still playing fantasy football or you're picking games like we'll be doing later on, just because they're playing doesn't mean these players are going to be engaged. So, all right, we have what Doug Marone feels about it, but there's 53 individual men on that team who are thinking, we're about to go to the playoffs. I'm about to be asking for a new contract. How much are we going to lay out here in this game that just absolutely doesn't matter when your opponent's playing for their absolute lives? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? I think that's something I factor in there as well. And we, we know Marquise Lee won't be playing. They're holding him out to the playoffs. Uh yeah, that's going to be a tough one to pick. Um, I, you know, Jacksonville's defense is still their defense, and um, you know, I, you're right. It, it's going to be interesting to see. Or are they going to pull Blake Bortles and try somebody else? I don't know. I mean, it's you're going to see all T.J. Yeldon and keep Fournette on the bench. That would probably be wise. They haven't indicated or Ivory that, or somebody. You know, but other he can't than, stay healthy. Fournette, if you can right. give him two week or a week off, I guess they're going to play in the wild card round. If you can give them him a week off, that's huge. Exactly. So, yeah, time will tell on how many people are playing. There's some teams out there that, are, like you said, are playing for their lives, and other teams it's like, yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh, New England has more to play for in Jacksonville. Right. Jacksonville exactly. has nothing to play for other than record. Period. Yeah, yeah. It's all it is, pride and. I guess a little momentum if you believe in momentum. So last thing I have here, big news in Pittsburgh. Big, big news <laughs> is the Steelers cut dies with James Harrison. Yeah, we knew they were going to New He was going As to New England. As predicted by everybody, the minute that news came out was, you watch, he'll be in New England the minute he clears waivers. And by God, James Harrison's in New England. People in Pittsburgh losing their minds what does this, if anything, mean to Rick Briggs? Oh, I already put out a tweet. And now James Harrison will record five sacks and a fumble recovery to win the game, the AFC Championship game against Pittsburgh. I mean, it's just karma. <laughs> the Pittsburgh karma with New England. Yeah, I mean, five sacks. <laughs> well, know. you know. But there's got to be exaggerating. Nobody would be stunned if he makes the one play that ends the game, right? In, right. When that happens. So, so, look, you're curious about it. It's been curious, uh, a thing that it didn't get talked about a lot nationally, but had been talked about here locally in the Pittsburgh area, that he hadn't been getting on the field whatsoever since that Kansas City game where all he does is record back-breaking sacks against Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs. But then he couldn't get back on the field, and he was unhappy with it, and Tomlin didn't feel he had a spot to put him in. So I don't know that you blame the Steelers for cutting him. However, you knew how that was going to end. If you run an NFL organization, or let's even say your fantasy football team, Rick, would you hold on to somebody you have no use for simply to keep them away from somebody else? I do it in fantasy. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, but when you're suffering through some of the uh, injuries that the Steelers did, sometimes you have to make room. They had to make room, I believe it was what, for Stephen Ridley, wasn't it? Because well, Connor made, got injured. They, they made room for Marcus Gilbert. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Marcus Gilbert suspension. came back. Correct. That's right. But yeah, they, um, they put uh, Connor on IR, right. and that's whose spot Ridley took. So, but now getting back to your questions, it, it's tough to do that in the pros. Right. Because every position. Yeah, you've got 53 roster right. spots. And they play. Right. I mean, you need them. You know, you need a healthy person, next man up, so to speak, in case something happens. I mean, let, let's look realistically. Well, two things. Unfortunately for the Patriots, he does probably upgrade their defense, whatever effort he can get, because they're playing with a lot of practice squad guys, especially on the front seven of that defense. So he upgrades the defense. But let's be honest. The, the whole plot was to get him in there and put him in the Pittsburgh film session, right? That's why you signed of him. Of course. That's worth the veteran minimum for for one game and a couple of playoff games, however that salary structure works, just to get him in that film room. And that's ultimately all this thing is really about. And that's what you wonder when you're the Steelers. You know something like this is going to happen. Is there a way you try to shield that, keep that from happening? That had to run through their mind when they made that cut. It had to. Yeah, exactly. And you knew a guy like James Harrison wasn't going to Cleveland or anybody no, like that. No, because there's one game left. He's 40 years old. He right. wants a playoff run here. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, it was in their head. They knew what was going on. Yeah. And so, obviously, it didn't concern them, so I guess I'm not going to let it concern me. The, the bottom line is James Harrison or no James Harrison with that film study, that one, those five sacks and strip sack fumble <laughs> that you're talking about, the Steelers aren't going to win that game in Foxborough anyhow. It just absolutely doesn't matter. So you got to hope Kansas City or Baltimore takes care of that for you before uh, before you get up there. So it's an interesting dynamic, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. So speaking of the Patriots, Rick, we'll jump into, I don't know if we want to call these takeaways or what they want, just things stuck in my cry I want to talk about. Once again, the New England Patriots, the beneficiary of just an absurd, laughable instant replay overturn yeah. against Buffalo. What the hell is going on with Al Riveron in the NFL replay system? I, I – you, I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying, but, but I don't know. It, it's New England. I, I'm sorry. I mean, is it that for you? Is it that simple? Well, it's kind. Of, I've sent out a tweet after the game. I said, you know, I hate to sound crass, but why does every controversy involve New England? <laughs> why? Seriously, think about it. And it's always in their favor. They would have lost three games if replay had done. In my opinion, trying to take the a dispassionate media type view of it. There were three games, three late touchdowns that decided games. So this this doesn't even factor in this one that happened yesterday because they or Sunday because this ended up what they ended up winning by twenty one or something. So that didn't even, I believe it factored into how that oh, game ended. But, of course it did. But there was three end of game situations: touchdowns awarded, one touchdown awarded to Brandon Cooks, two taken away, one from Jesse James and one from uh, Calvin Benjamin. No. Benjamin was the Buffalo game. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Austin Safarian yeah. Jenkins on up. So those are three losses New England could have. How different the playoff picture would look right now. Yeah, 
We wouldn't be talking about I Jacksonville have, has right. nothing to play for and, and so forth. I have to believe it's a coinky dink. I, I really do. But, boy, you're right. It just seems these things tend to break the Patriots' way every single time. All the time. And I mean, you just don't – you know, what can you say? Hell, yeah. yeah. That's what Bill Belichick yeah. says. Hell, yeah. yeah. I am not willing to believe – Rick, and maybe you are. I don't know. I am not willing to believe that League, Goodell, River on, any of these people have an agenda to push forward the New England Patriots. What I do think is, I think they have. You do a okay. sense of awe. No, I no. Well, I, I all right, agree so with you, you. You're about to make it's, the same it's like point the, as I am. It's like the, it's Bill Belichick. I mean, exactly. it's kind of like they're overthinking themselves, right? Right. Being too fine because right. it's Bill Belichick, because it's Tom Brady, because it's the New England Patriots. It would be the same thing if you brought Vince Lombardi to today. Right. It might not have happened like that in the 60s because nobody was in awe of anybody back no, in those days. No. But, you know, somebody like a Lombardi, it would be the, yeah, wow, you know, I, I, I better not. Yeah, I think they, they tend to overthink these things because Bill Belichick is so known for detail-oriented and on top of everything and, and all over the rule book, in the playbook, that they're seeing this and there's this subtle little thing that falls outside of Al Riveron's purview, in my opinion, and saying, look, I can't uphold this touchdown. I can't make this decision. This is Bill. I don't even think it's in the forefront of their mind that it's Bill Belichick, but it's in the back of their mind of who this team is, who they are, and what they mean, and that's why these calls are going that way. I yeah, I do too. I mean, there's nothing really else to say. I, I was sitting here while you were talking about that, and I, I saw the place of honor that Snooty yeah, found on our, right our studio wall. Front and center. Yes, if we ever indeed. get a full-time producer and can get this thing in video, you will see it right over Rick's left shoulder for all eternity. You'll hey, the, see the, first, the first video show we have, probably the first hour will be just going over yeah. the studio walls and looking all at all the, all the I got to bring my uh, Buckus poster down. Oh, I've been down. hearing about that Buckus poster for four years now. It's cool. Well, there's no reason breath. to bring it down. We don't have a producer. No, that's true. Well, we <laughs> could look at it. Well, that's true. But I think in general, replay, Rick, the NFL has two big problems here. Two, two big problems. Number one, Riveron specifically has completely lost track of the clear irrefutable video evidence standard, right? So you can't tell me, let's even say Benjamin maybe didn't have control of that ball when that foot drunk. There was in no way clear, indisputable evidence. You go back to the Jesse James call. My problem with it is everybody wants to debate the catch rule and when was he a runner and when was... I don't want to talk about that. Still, here we are two weeks later. I haven't seen a video that showed that left hand come off the football. I assume it probably did the way it ball, the ball moved, but that's not the standard that logic tells me. that No, that's not the standard. I have to see that ball on the ground without the left hand under it. Nobody has produced that video clip yet. So what is that sound? It did that last I week. Know, I, don't I don't know what, that, what is. that is. I think we're under attack or something. Could be. So they have completely... You are fake news. I am no such thing. <laughs> they have completely lost track of this clear, 
irrefutable evidence standards. That has to stop. That's number one. And number two, we see cases every game. Sit down and watch the red zone one day. Well, they will use replay to take a correct call and make it wrong. Yeah. Misapply a rule. See something that just flat out isn't there. I mean, this is a big problem the league well, the refer- It makes these games about unwatchable because we're throwing a flag on every play right now, as it is. Every play, any big play, what's the first thing the announcer says? Looking for flags. I don't yeah. see any flag. There's no such thing as a big play in the NFL anymore. There's no such Under thing. As, yeah, there's no such thing as a fumble. There's no such thing as a completion. I mean, the thing, it's gotten about unwatchable. And now, when you're stopping this game every eight seconds to do a video replay of everything, and you're using it to get calls wrong, <laughs> that is so damn frustrating. Well, I, it's hard to watch. I can sum them up in one sentence. Now, the reason for the sentence is it pressure from the NFL? Is it just so many complicated and convoluted rules? I don't know. But basically, the referees are wallowing in their own self importance. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's that's the, all it's the it zebra is. Show for them. That's all it is. It is, you know, it, it used to be. The, do you remember the one game? It was quite a few years ago. I think it was Ed Hockley. He's got, you know, he was giving them the business. You know, remember they he had him by the headlock yeah. and was was punching the guy. That was like the longest explanation we had ever heard. Oh, yeah. You know, and we thought, oh wow, that's a, and it's it's like you wait ten minutes and then you get a twenty minute explanation that's wrong anyway. Yeah, it's, it's horrible and. You know, and it, you you think it hasn't gone too far. I was watching, just happened to be watching the Redskins game, the Redskins-Denver game. I was watching it for a little bit, flipping through on the uh, on the Sunday ticket. And Ed Hockley was the referee of that game. Fox had created a video package, you know, like one of them little fluff pieces coming right. back from break, of Ed Hockley and his arms and his explanations over the year. I shouldn't know who the referee's name is. Even as a huge NFL viewer, I should not know these referees by name. I know them all by name. I know now. I now know the size of Ed Hockley's biceps. I mean, that's yeah. how far out of control this is. And how many gone. times he flexes them during right. a, a flag throw. I mean, it's got it's gotten so bad that your partners at these networks are mocking. They, well, you don't know what a catch is. You Collinsworth, Michaels, just crush the league every, right. every week. And now your same network partners are putting together video vignettes of the officials. I mean, and you see it in Vegas lines, a lot of discussion. Uh, who How many the, flags? Yeah, well, the percentage of flags and the amount of yards they call. The, the whole thing is, is maddening. <laughs> I don't understand how it got and how they get it back at this point. Because here's the problem, and here's what's going to happen. If, and this is a big if, I don't think it's going to happen. If the league cracks down on that irrefutable video evidence standard, if they crack down on a lot of these, you know, again, we should default. We should default to the call on the field. First time one looks pretty close that most reasonable people would say that call should be overturned and they don't do it. Uh, same people like me who are bitching about this are going to go nuts. That oh, Now we're not even correcting anything. So I don't know what you do. I think they've let this thing go too far. I don't know how you bring it back without eliminating review, which might be the way to go here. I, I, I am definitely for eliminating review except on – and, and I don't even know how to really draw the line. I mean, there's certain there are certain plays where it comes in handy, like it did a toe drag 
or did the guy or the line judge or the side judge or whatever miss a guy hitting the outside of the of the sideline and actually right. get out of bounds? You know, something like that. But these god awful in the middle of the field calls. You know, they bashed him for. I'm sorry. I mean, do you need a note card to call first down? <laughs> it either is or it isn't. Hold Seriously. that thing up straight, and is it a first yeah. down or not? And, and if he goes like this, and I'm using the first down, okay, it is. You can't throw flag on yeah. it. It's a judgment call. It's a first down. Simple as that. If not, fourth down, yeah. pal. I, I'm tired of this gar- garbage. And, and, and that's another thing. One of the worst things that's happened is the jumbotrons. Yeah, you're right. Because everybody has to look at – yeah, I was watching the Pittsburgh game. It seemed like every play that that a Steeler receiver caught, the Houston secondary grabbing a ref yeah. and pointing to the jumbotron, yeah. yep. and and nothing. I mean, what are they calling? They just want flags. Yeah, oh, that every Collinsworth beats this drum every week. Now this is his new thing, and I, I agree with him on this one that. Every NFL game now is determined by a pass interference call. Yeah, every single it game, is. that's what it's determined. It's by. terrible. I don't know how you fix that because most of them are clear and obvious. To, to go back to that, my problem with with replay as it stands now, and then I know we're beating this thing to death, but this is something that was rattling through my feeble mind as well, is the pure hypocrisy in it. If you continue to let our river on manage this thing as he is so so let's think about this for a time it made sense right clear obvious evidence we want to clean up if we just completely crap the bed we want to have you the op give you the opportunity to make it right but here's what we're going to do we're going to make sure that you are certain that there's clear indisputable evidence so we're only going to give you two of these things and if you give that get those two right we're going to give you one more right but now they are using this to determine things to within fractions of fractions of an inch. If the game is to be doled out that way, if that's the way this product, uh, that instant replay is, is to be used, then you can't limit the amount of challenges these guys have. Sure. Because realistically, you know, same thing. Now, when does it go to penalties? You know, because there's a holding on every play. There's a pass interference on every play. There's a guy lined up in the neutral zone. If you're to believe those lines and networks put on the screen, there's somebody lined up in the neutral zone every single play. So, you're going to have to extend, if you're not going to maintain the clear and, o- clear and obvious standard, you're going to have to open this up to everything, penalties and everything included, and you can't limit them. So now your games are going to take seven and a half hours because we're going to run a play, we're going to go watch it on TV. We're going to run a play, we're right. going to go watch it on TV. Otherwise, you have to get back to clear, obvious mistakes you're cleaning up with this. And if you can't look at it twice and in a minute and a half determine, oh, yeah, that ball was out, or, oh, yeah, he caught that and that foot was down. If you have to look at it for the five, six minutes they did for Jesse James, for the eight minutes they looked at Kelvin Benjamin on Sunday, that's not clear and obvious. That has to go away. So there's a, just full hypocrisy on, on and, the and way And there is a thing of two, you know, like you said way earlier in the show, if you believe in momentum. There is a thing as momentum, at least in like game flow. Oh, absolutely. When when teams start to get into a groove and they're on a drive and they're rolling and maybe it's going to be a tying or go-ahead drive, something of that nature, then all of a sudden, whoops, we're stopped for seven minutes. 
you know, it's ridiculous. They're game killers. And like you said, it is almost unwatchable. Well, in that, in this, everything comes from the booth in the last two minutes of a half. And every score he played, those are your momentum killers, and right? Because when, you'll see the last two minutes of a game on a game-winning drive. Yeah. Literally every play will be reviewed. Every single reception will be reviewed. It will take 20 minutes to run four plays. And, and when kills momentum. And when the final decision comes down for the review, every announcer says, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, because, don't know because they're wrong all the time. Right. They'll say, oh, that was clearly a catch. Then they'll turn around, nope, that wasn't a catch. Yeah, yeah. Or they'll say he was out of bounds, and then they'll say, oh, no, he was in bounds, good, good catch. Yeah. And they're going, like, what yeah. are they looking at? They're using it to get it wrong, which is unfathomable. Right. That should, and that's my point. That should absolutely never happen because now you should get things wrong on the field. It should happen all the time because that's that standard. Of these are humans doing human things, and we're going to have human error. Again, if you are apply, applying the clear, irrefutable video evidence standard, it is impossible to come up with the right call out of replay. 100% impossible, and yet Al Riveron's doing it on a consistent basis. I agree. I hate him. I hate him, Rick. I know. But. Keep smashing that button. Something will come out eventually. It won't come Keep out. Judge you. There, there it is. Go. Good job. That, that one just would not work. <laughs> That's I, I swear, I'm, I'm a corpse. Everything else works. Time for our 2018 fantasy resolution. Oh, we're going to jump to that? Hold Why on. not? What else you want to do? Well, I was going to do balls and socks. Oh, let's I, do Okay. I had production ready. I had everything. You had what ready? I have production ready for the resolutions. Production ready. Oh, okay. Gee, my, my bad. Good Lord. Well, my God. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're going to start with a stinky sock? No, time? I'm just talking to you. Oh, all right. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> all right, Rick, I'm going to let you start. I'm going to push the buttons now since you clearly can't be trusted. I ain't never seen no talking with me, nothing. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to talk because it's time <laughs> for Rick Briggs Game Ball. You know what? I, I've got two that I want to give out. One is Larry Fitzgerald. I had him on my list. Nine catches, a buck 19, and a touchdown, plus he threw for 21 passing yards. The man just keeps getting it done with – Let's just say less than stellar quarterbacks. Yeah. Other than those couple years with Kurt Warner, he's had pathetic quarterbacks yeah. his whole So career. I don't ever want to hear – in fact, I saw it on there a couple of days ago on Twitter. Some big feud started on who was better, Larry Fitzgerald or Calvin Johnson. I saw that. I did see Don't that. even talk to me about that. Nah. Yeah, it's simple as that. I mean, it, the stats aren't even close. And Larry Fitzgerald, with, like I said, without um, – Kurt Warner for two or three years has had nothing but garbage cans out there. Right. Simple. So hey, look, Calvin Johnson was great. Well, of course he was great. But with what Larry Fitzgerald's done, and I always hate this argument, but I'm going to make it here. You hear this about LeBron James all the time, the the two or three dummies left in the country that don't want to give him his due necessarily because he was just so much physically bigger and stronger than everybody well, like else. Like Will Chamberlain yeah. wasn't. But that that's Calvin Johnson in this taste too. You know, if you've met Larry Fitzgerald, he's kind of a normal size guy. Well, I mean, he's mm-hmm. – you know, Jack, but he's sort of a normal size. What he does at his size and with what he had around him just dwarfs anything Calvin Johnson did. A lot of what Calvin Johnson did because he was bigger and he was stronger and he could jump higher than you, which is a really, really good skill set to have exactly. as a professional wide receiver. But if you're talking pure talent as a wide receiver, I'll give it to the the little guy who, who just makes every play every week. I agree. And but my other game ball I'm giving out, and I'm giving it out because 
This is probably the last time he'll ever get one. Oh, okay. That's Antonio Gates. Six catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown coming back for the Chargers. Around with Hunter Henry out. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, he may have one this week. Who knows? Oh, but I wanted to make sure guaranteed. that uh, Antonio got a game ball. Yeah, he may never get one again. So, Rick, for me. Keep pushing. I keep pushing. Yeah. Obviously, we got to talk about Todd Gurley, right? Oh, that's obvious. 118, 10 grabs, a buck 58, two touches, just buried me. I got Todd Gurley in every single league, cost me three championships. Just disgusting. But for me, Rick, I'm going to give it to you. The numbers weren't, weren't you know, mind-blowing for an NFL quarterback. But we're on the verge of seeing something pretty special here, I think. Yeah, you know, I don't want to do this whole goat thing and try to project a whole career off of we four games. We need a goat sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's the goat. Now, I saw a tweet earlier in the week from Scott Fish, our, our buddy. Yeah. Uh, he of the Scott Fish Bowl and uh, FantasyCares.net. Go over there and donate some money, you cheap sons of bitches. But he put out a tweet. At, in 2017, we've reached the point where GOAT means you have played any level of professional football at any time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's absolutely true. Every time somebody makes a catch, he's the GOAT. Yeah. <laughs> like, Vin Sevens. Yeah. What? The GOAT? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. So, so an excellent tweet there. But, Rick, Jimmy Graps, Jimmy Garoppolo, 242 passing yards. Uh, what do you have? Two TDs, a pick, another rush TD. Has completely turned that 49ers team around. I grant you in garbage time of the season, this kid looks like a professional quarterback. He looks like the real deal. And I think the fortunes of the San Francisco 49ers turned around real quick with that deal. Yeah, but I'll actually beg to differ that it's not total garbage time when they beat Jacksonville, who had a lot to play well, for at that time. Absolutely. Right. And handed it to them, outshot Crushed them. Him. Absolutely. Against the Crushed best him. defense in the league, 44 to 33. Made them look like the Jaguars we know and love is the right. Jacksonville Jaguars, not this team that we're thinking could go into Pittsburgh or New England and win a game based on their defense. Exactly. And uh yeah, he is uh he could be the goat. It makes you wonder. <laughs> What does this say? I feel like this is all about New England today, which I guess we're heading to the playoffs. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with it. Anyway. Never well, should have given you that thing. <laughs> Never should have. That was been. all the calls that went New England's way. <laughs> what What were they thinking with this move? Do they honestly believe that Tom Brady's going to play five or six more years? Why else do you make this move? You know, if anybody, Bill Belichick had to know how good Garoppolo was and he could be this guy and keep that franchise rolling for another 15 years, you make this move for a second-round pick, albeit it was gonna, it's going to be a really high second-round pick, that is going to be the steal of the century. And what in the hell were the Patriots doing? I think they have some backdoor deals going. They'll probably have 9 million draft picks in 2018 and 19. They'll get themselves a quarterback. Are you going to find another one? I know it's four games, and maybe I'm doing the thing I Maybe they have somebody eyed up already. I don't possible. know. It's But, man, this kid just the I boys agree. coming in from day one just looks like I a agree. pro. I mean, he's not out there putting up 375 in, in four they every week. They shouldn't have to. No. But he's just out there. He's running the offense. He can make every throw. It's just, it's amazing what this guy's doing right out of the gate. It, it, I'm flabbergasted. So he gets my game ball, Rick. Yeah, and deservedly so. So many of these last week. Right? I have to throw one out to Derek Carr. Yeah. <laughs> they had everything to play for. 15 to 29 for a buck 40. 
one touchdown, two picks, and oh, by the way, 63 of that 140 yards was on one catch that, that Amari Cooper actually caught. Yeah, weird, huh? Yeah, for a touchdown. And you take that play away, and it's, what, 14 of 28 for 70-some yards. I mean, that that's just terrible. I believe his back's still banged up, right? I mean, he didn't regress that much in a year, I wouldn't think. It's hard to I'm say. I it's don't back, know. I don't know what to make of them going into next season. Everyone knows how high we were. I on don't them. know. Yeah, I went on national shows and made an ass of myself declaring this guy a top five quarterback this year. I might have missed on that one a little bit. You think? But he he just looked awful. And my other one is um, the Detroit Lions <laughs> as a whole. <laughs> they just lionsed again, didn't they? Theoretic on the field for forty snaps to Amir Abdullah's eleven. They ran him eight times <laughs> in a in a game that was close. Yeah, the whole way. You rushed the ball close. eight times with Theo Riddick. Um, Abdullah ran it, I think, six times. That's 14 rushes between those two guys. And, and by the way, on the 40 snaps, he only had four targets. I don't. They weren't producing yeah. anything. Why do you not use? Two of your most versatile players. Yeah, but it just you're still in the playoff run, and you go down to right. Cincinnati, who's got a lame duck coach, a team that's given up, doesn't care, and generally stinks, and you lose that game. Come on. Come on. Come on, No excuse. It's, it's ridiculous. All right, for me, Rick. Runner-up goes to Adam Thielen, two catches, 24 yards. Got a lot of teams to their championship game and cost them it. Uh, honorable mention to Dak Prescott, 182 yards, zippy touchdowns in the week he gets uh, <laughs> Zeke back. I think we recommended Dak as a start last week. We might have missed on that one. Sorry, oh, you guy. did. But the big stinky sock for me, in fact, I'm going to hit it again. Yeah, How about your boy Des Bryant, Rick? Three grabs. Yeah. 43 yards, and after pouting and stomping and carrying yeah. on on the sideline like a three-year-old, promptly goes out and fumbles his next reception, costs his team a possession, costs his team a drive. This kid, kid, he's a grown man. This guy has lost his mind, lost his patience with that team, and lost his speed and lost his skill to go along with it. He is not who he thinks he is anymore. He played like a bum and acted like a child. Right. And that is just a horrible combination on a pro football team that actually is trying to make the playoffs. They were still in playoff contention as that game was going on. Right. And it was all about Des Bryant, all that stomping and pouting and genuflecting and carrying on. And then the next time you go out in the field, you put the ball on the ground. That, right. that is a massive stinky So One of them special ones that you bury and do all <laughs> exactly. that weird crap too. I mean, <laughs> just an absolute pathetic performance by Des Bryant, both on the sideline and on the field. I agree a thousand percent. Well, as you should. Good because I'm I'm good at these things. Yeah. All right. Now, Rick, I know you're trying to jump the gun. No, earlier. I'm just sitting here drinking coffee. Well, that's what. At least it's not beer this week. You get a little out of control. You have some of them oil cans that uh, that your boy Alejandro brings. That in. was fun. It's time, Rick, for our 2018 fantasy football New Year's resolutions. Can we ever figure out what an old Lang's eye is? We looked it up one time. <laughs> we discussed this once, and I'll be darned if I can remember. Well, you pad a minute. Well, we'll see if we can find it so again. So here's what it's going to be. I think we all made mistakes this year, right, Rick? Derek Carr, <laughs> for one. Oh, Re- that was this re- was one of the this was one of the um, 
toughest years that I, that I can remember. Yeah, we've talked about that a, a thousand times. But it was one of the, the toughest years as far as injuries to high-profile players and just inconsistency from stars. And there were a few good surprises, but not a ton. But I think we made mistakes. We got caught up in the fervor of certain things in the preseason. We're going to fix that this year. We're going to resolve to be better in 2018. And once you're done playing with your pooter over there, we'll give some. What does old Angzine really mean? The short answer: Old Angzine is the title and key phrase of a 1788 Scots poem by Robert Burns, typically sung on New Year's Eve around the world. The phrase "Old Angzine" literally translates to "old long since." And basically means days gone by. Yeah, well, there you, there have, you it. have it. There you have it. Days so, gone by. Don't say you don't learn anything in the asylum. Are you one of those people that gets wrecked on New Year's Eve, or is that like amateur hour for a real drunk like you? <laughs> I don't really know what that means. You know exactly. No, you, I don't. You Explain part, yourself. You still party on New Year's Eve? When was the last time you saw me party? Well, I mean, but that's my point. So. No, you I know, don't. Fifteen years ago, I go out and half, party. Well, half the time, I'm in bed before ten thirty. Well, see, that's what I'm at. Yeah, because I still feel the obligation to drink on New Year's Eve because that's what people are supposed to do, right? And I'm watching Jenny McCarthy bounce around Times Square. Quit hitting your microphone. I'm getting excited. I Act like about, a pro. I was talking about Jenny McCarthy, and I got excited. Yeah, but it's down to I'm not partying with my buddies. I'm not out running around. I'm not out on the town in a cheap suit or and who, who should be out running around this day and age so i'm drunk si- so i'm sitting right outside the studio here yeah watching jenny mccarthy on tv with the warden and my daughter and i'm still getting housed sitting there doing that and it feels a little pathetic when i do it but oh, it, it is pathetic but it's new year's and i feel obligated to do it oh, yeah but i mean there's nothing wrong with it. You're not hurting anything. You're not going driving anywhere yeah, or anything like that. You don't get mean or anything. And no, you're too lazy to get mean. Yeah, I'm going to stand up. And, and you don't want to take a frying pan upside the head right, anyway. Well, that too. Yeah, I'm kind of soft. <laughs> yeah. I'm lazy and soft. So. No, I, I do sometimes, but, I mean, what's the point? Yeah, okay, it's midnight. Good night. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, it's next year. Big deal. I am, I'm old. I, I don't a, even like to see the years turn. See, I am a simpleton, though. I still like watching the ball drop. I don't know why. It's been the same for every all the 40 years I've been on this planet. But I'm still, I guess, just because it's bright and shiny and sparkly. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm like an idiot. I love watching that thing fall. I really My do. daughter is, what, 25. And when she was probably, I'm guessing, I don't, I'm going to guess seven or eight. I don't know. She wanted to stay up and, you know, see the new year. Okay. Right. Well, my wife fell asleep probably about 10.30 or she went to bed. So it was me and her. So we were sitting there. My oldest daughter went to bed too. So we're sitting there. A lively bunch that brings claim. Yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do? The, the oldest daughter was like 13 or whatever. And, of course, it wasn't cool, and she wasn't going yeah. out at 13. Yeah. So they weren't letting her go hang out with her friends, and she sure wasn't hanging out with your old ass. Exactly. That makes sense. I don't like hanging out yeah. with you. So, yeah, but 
you have no choice. No, yeah. You're the only person who talks to me <laughs> exactly. that I'm not related to. So. so anyway, we're sitting there watching it, and I believe back then it was still like the Dick Clark and all that kind of stuff. New Year, you know, 12 o'clock gets here, and they have the big countdown, 10, 9, 8, the whole way. And boy, you know, the things go off, and the ball starts dropping, and the ball drops and everything, and everybody's cheered, and my daughter looks at me. What now? I had none. That's, <laughs> That's it, it, man. You know, and she was mad. She, <laughs> I mean, she stomped the bed. Yeah, she and I don't think she's ever seen it again. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a letdown after it happens. Uh, being, sitting here with you know one noisemaker by myself going, woo <laughs> Yeah, I've never had one year be any better than the other, so maybe that's why it's hard to get excited. Well, look at us. Could you imagine anything worse than being in Times Square as that was going on? Could you imagine? No, that's just it's insanity. It's like 7 degrees. Maybe downtown Chicago, I don't know. They get there at 6 a.m. and stand there. I always wonder, where do they go to the bathroom? You know, they, They're they drinking. They Probably on themselves. That's what I'm thinking. So you're, you're wetting yourself. Yeah. You're standing there crammed in. with How many millions of people do they cram like in? be like Sheldon in the movie line with that <laughs> hose, you know. And, oh, the old uh, the, Wizenator. Yeah. Or, call up the Well Day Moore yeah, and get or the was Wizenator that, uh, out. Is one of the other. Yeah, guys, uh, it was. Yeah, Howard. Howard. Yeah, he. Waller was the one that had that. Yeah, I couldn't imagine anything worse. No, I couldn't either. It's, it's insane. Oh, I consider three people a crowd, though. I couldn't imagine millions. You know, I didn't like it's it. It's crowded Ali, down here, yeah, and it's only like, the two of us. I didn't like it when Alejandro was here. He was, I felt crammed in a little bit. Yeah, but he brought booze and presents. Yeah, don't so tell him. That. I mean, I. I well, he's not going to hear this in Belarus. They don't have podcasts in that third world country, do they? Probably not. Is Belarus its own country? Yeah. What What is it? Is it like German? Is it like... No, I think it's... I know it's its own. Over like in the be? Baltic states, you know, around Latvia, you know... So Lat- it's like Russia then. Yeah, Eastern European, I believe. All right. Yeah, I wouldn't go there. Bad things could happen You wouldn't there. go in the next county. Yeah, I don't care for the next county. I don't like leaving. What do we do? Oh, resolutions, Rick. What is Rick Briggs' number one 2018 fantasy football resolution? I will be more patient and trust my drafted team. (laughs) You've been burned a couple times on this one, yes. You love that waiver wire. You love it. Not so much waiver wire. I like making deals. Well, you're you're a trader. I mean, some... You know, I mean, some turn out okay, like Calvin Benjamin for Robert Woods and uh, Mir Abdullah turned out okay. Right. But, you know, there's other ones that just didn't, like Travis Kelsey for Keenan Allen yeah, at the wrong time. Yeah, that didn't Even though Travis Kelsey put up good numbers, Keenan Allen decided to be yeah. Todd Gurley for three yeah, he weeks. He just went monkey poo for three yeah. weeks and got me the number one seed before I got Todd Gurley right upside the head. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one, Rick. I think we all do that. You like to make deals guy has two or three bad weeks you panic a little bit it's a long season it doesn't feel like but it's a long season and as our six and seven caveman league champion proves all you got to do is get in the dance right exactly Uh oh, he's he's dying. Hey, we may have a death on line. It's not going to be me. <laughs> Wouldn't that be ironic? Radio gold for me. After all my gum flapping, I'm the one who dies <laughs> on the air. That's oh, that was great. <laughs> now where is Alejandro? We need video. When your eyes bugged out of your head, you turned three shades of blue. It was perfect. Belarus, as we found out. Yeah. All right, Rick. My top resolution, and this has a lot to do with Todd Gurley. I will not 
will not overvalue or overthink the results of the 2017 season over what I know is the skill set of a particular player, if that makes sense to you. I avoided Todd Gurley everywhere in fantasy drafts and why this did year you do that? because of what he did in 2016, because of how bad it looked. And it didn't even look good in the preseason. And I left – you want to talk about tremendous value I left on the table. Yes. Todd Gurley being the prime example. And I'm trying to think of guys this year who were disappointing. You know, Maybe Derek Carr we mentioned. Maybe maybe certain players. There's players across <laughs> the board. Isaiah Crowell. I uh, – yeah, <laughs> If he was anywhere but Cleveland, you know, maybe we can have that discussion. Belarus is Jordan. directly east of Poland. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so that's that Eastern Bloc right. kind of kind of stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't go there. A guy could get kidnapped there, I'll bet you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. It is for the Eastern European Championship, so I don't yeah, blame him. Yeah, it's very prestigious in the interpretive <laughs> it really dance is. industry. But but Factor in skill set. Factor in all the factor in the factors, right? That's what I almost said. <laughs> but well, you have to factor in the factors. Factor that in around the guy injury. How about Jordy Nelson, right? Are we going to say Jordy Nelson's dead, or is he suffering from a, a good portion of his season? Sands Aaron Rodgers. Just don't. A guy doesn't drop two rounds. How, how about Amari Cooper? This whole I th- Raiders. I think Jordy thing, Nelson's clock has ticked. You think? I'm just. Yeah, there, there's something, unless he was banged up, that we didn't know about. But I tell you what, this guy's banged up an awful lot. You're right. And so maybe they finally caught up with him. It's possible. I don't know. How about Amari Cooper? This guy's going to be, what, a sixth, seventh rounder next year? I'm willing to accept that Derek Carr was hurt this year and things just went completely sideways in Oakland. Amari Cooper's a stud wide receiver in this league. He drops the ball too much, but there's been other guys who put up big numbers with a lot of drops. So without the drops, he'd be a top eight, top ten guy. With the drops, he's going to be a top 20 guy. You're going to get a top 20 guy in the seventh or eighth round next year based off of this year's performance. There are guys out there like that. Factor in the skill set. Don't become a slave to the prior season's numbers. Oh, exactly. And the sour taste in your mouth because they burnt you across the league. That's really the the crux of this. Because I did it with Todd Gurley. I can picture still, Rick. I can't remember what I had for dinner 45 minutes ago as you walked walked into the studio here and I was eating. I can't remember what I was eating. I can remember sitting here. We, we had the caveman draft here in this studio. I can remember sitting at other drafts with Todd Gurley sitting right in front of me. It's, you know, the late second, early third round, sitting right in front of me and saying, I can't do it. I'm not going to get burned again because he burnt me so bad last year. And here I sit with zippy fantasy championships with two runner-ups and a third-place finish strictly due to Todd Gurley, how different things might have been. I agree. And – um I did the same thing in drafts. Um, wish I'd have taken him. Not saying Melvin Gordon was a, was a or excuse me, Shady McCoy was a bad pick in the first round, but boy, I'd love to have Todd Gurley. Yeah, and they put <laughs> you'd have probably got Shady coming back the other way or Melvin Gordon. Most likely, yeah. Been a different story for Rick. Now you can do that with every draft pick, find the eight guys behind, but. But there's just guys we tend to avoid. We get a narrative in our head based purely, purely on the year before. We knew who Todd Gurley was. You have to we open know what your mind. That was all no Jeff doubt. Fisher. Jeff Fisher. Now he wants. Well, back okay. Look on look on the other side of the coin too. We all we all knew who Jared Goff was too, right? 
Well, yeah, no, I, because we all knew what the Rams were all about because <laughs> of Jeff Fisher. Right. But all of a sudden, here the Rams are, whatever they are, 11-4, and four, and they've got Jared Goff playing like an all-pro. Todd Gurley's back to being Todd Gurley. Robert Woods is a superstar. Yeah. And, you know, now you have a different mindset of the Rams. Right. Sometimes you're just we're just dumb. You, well, know, you have to hit your head against the wall a couple of times. There's certain teams, certain players you're never going to believe are, are that team and are that good. And you just you have to get past that. Right. How about another one, Ricky? On the resolution? same token, there are teams. We'll expand on that a little bit. Oh, on the right. same token, there are teams where you have in your head that they're good. Well, that's true. A la the Arizona Cardinals coming yeah. into this year. Carson Palmer was all the rage for a lot of people. He looked great in camp, and albeit he wasn't doing too badly till he broke his arm. But let's not forget the guy's 38, 39 years old. He's probably done. Right. They have no running game. And, yeah, people bid on Adrian Peterson on brand name because he had a big game. Right. It, it's You have to get rid of the mindset they stink or they're great or, boy, he won me a championship last year. I want him this year. You can't do that. I wish D'Angelo Williams would come <coughs> back in the league. All my caveman championships can be directly attributed to D'Angelo Williams. Yes, they could. All right, Rick, how about another resolution? Oh, I have to give you, you another you, you one. You have lots of them, Rick. I do. I will force myself to move my pick up for a tight end. I have that same one. There the is head. a 114-point difference. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh-oh. Here we go again. It's the big one. That's what you get for making fun of me. That is instant karma, as they call it, as I dummy can't even find his drink because it's cleverly hidden behind his computer screen. It's a, a master of charade and disguise here, that coat. Still leftovers from pneumonia, folks. You need the Heimlich or the um, CPR? Or there is a 114-point difference between number one and number 12. Now, bear in mind, those are all tight end ones, right? Right. That's a big gap. That's a huge gap. It's 7.13 points per game through 16 weeks. Tight end one is no longer a so what position. Tight ends like Kelsey, Gronk, what, Olsen when he's healthy, Ertz, they make the position. They just make it. It's much more than offsetting these names in wide receiver twos and threes. Right. Who are separated by five points. Yep. I have for years, and I had this on my list, Rick, and I think I actually gave this last year as one of these, and shocker, I didn't do it again and came out of the most drafts with Austin Hooper as, as my tight end one. But especially in PPR formats, the, in the, just the way the league is gone in terms of pass, 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 run, pass, 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 pass seems to be the play calling for most teams, the the mid-level wide receiver two down to wide receiver four have been squeezed so tightly together. I think it magnifies the value of a good tight end because you're not yep. getting separation deep on your wide receiver roster. You have to find that separation. I think tight end is where it's at. And I, for how many years, Rick, did I stand here pounding the table? I love Gronk. Gronk is great, but I'm not spending a first-round pick on a tight end. I love Travis Kelsey, but I'm not spending a number, a second-round pick 
pick on a tight end. I, I've got to get out of that mindset, Rick. They are a difference maker. Look, you have your your elite running backs, and all the RB2s are squeezed together, right? You're just hoping for the big week when it comes. You have your elite wide receivers, and I'd say from – and I'm not even looking at numbers, but I'd say from wide receiver 20 – to wide receiver 70, there's almost no separation on a week-to-week basis. You know, some guys are going to pop up now and then, but in a PPR format, that in the way the league's going, that's been squeezed so together. You have to find that discriminator, and Rick, I think it's the tight end position. If I you, agree. If you have a normal roster and you have Travis Kelsey or Greg Olson before he got hurt, or Rob Gronkowski, obviously. Zach Ertz. Yeah, Zach Ertz. Yeah. That is a big, big difference maker, and it's something I haven't valued enough. And I'm going to fix that, Rick, by God. I'm going to fix it. And that was my resolution. All right. So, for me, Rick, I resolve in 2018 to play it safe at quarterback. Let me explain. I do this every year. I re- still refuse to take a quarterback in the first four or five rounds of most leagues. I won't do it. I'm not going to change. I probably should. Except for this year where you took Drew Brees. Yeah, I guess I took him, what, in the fifth? Fourth or fifth. Yeah, yeah I can't so, remember. But <laughs> I'm generally, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to mess around with it. So here's what I'll do. I'll latch on to the flavor of the month or a guy I get a vibe about, i.e. Derek Carr. <laughs> Perfect yeah. example. I'll draft them in every league. And when they crap the bed, I can't get out from underneath it. I resolve, Rick, to move up even to the seventh or eighth round and just go ahead and draft me a – name a guy. Not not a superstar, but a, a Matt Ryan, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, name the guy. Jared Goff. Uh, Jared whatever, Goff. Yeah. Somebody who I know is going to be a consistent performer, may have some upside, but where the floor <clears throat> isn't as low as where Derek Carr has taken me and where Eli Manning has taken me in the past – I, I cost myself more money and more leagues disrespecting the quarterback position, thinking I know better than everybody else, and I, I got to stop it, Rick. Derek Carr crushed me in a lot of leagues this year. Yes, he did. And um, <clears throat> there's nothing else much you can say with him. I had um, Derek Carr in a couple of leagues. He was abysmal. I dumped him in midseason. He was picking up guys like Josh McCowan. Right, right. You know, and it's not a fun game to play. No. It, it's not. I had a two-quarterback league with Alex Smith and um, Casey Kasem, and they did okay. You know, I mean, it. it but it sure would have been nice to have Russell Wilson and, uh, I don't know, Tom Brady. Right, exactly. It'd be a little easier. So, I mean, you look at, you know, the top end in fantasy scoring from the quarterback position this year, Russell Wilson. I bet you I'd give you a dollar if you could name who's number two. Oh, Alex Smith. I owe you a dollar. Yeah. That's impressive. Do you have that up in front of you over there? Well, yeah, I bet. That's, <laughs> but actually, I knew that because I had written that down where I was going to comment later on when we were talking about surprises right. of the year and certain things like that. Would you, you know? look at, at Carson Wentz? I guess he was a surprise. Tom Brady, probably still going to go earlier than I drafted quarterback. But here we go. Kirk Cousins, I could have had at the same place or before I got Derek Carr. Cam Newton, Jared Goff, he was a surprise. There's Ben Roethlisberger, your boy Matt Stafford. Phil Rivers puts together a QB1 type of season. You know, Dak Prescott, you know, a guy I didn't trust. There were so many safer bets. Matt Ryan, so many safer bets. And I've got to be smart with the quarterback position. I agree, 100%.
<coughs> Let's do Pardon if you're me. not going to die. Let's do one more, Rick. Okay. We, we got to pick some games because I got to get get my lead back and win this. Game. I will remember total yards. Let me explain. Please do. Just like you like to say. Too many people get hung up on rushing yards. Right now, in through week 16, there are 11 wide receivers with over 1,000 total yards. Total yards. There are 18 running backs. Wow. Okay. All right. It, it's a big deal, especially when you're talking about a flex spot. Uh, you know, it, we spend too much time <clears throat> putting wide receivers in flexes, don't we? Exactly. And, you know, in PPR, it's even more important. But in standard, you're still getting points for, for yardage. When you have 18 running backs with over 1,000 total yards compared to 1,000 wide receivers, let's face it, the wide receivers are receiving yards. You got a couple of them out there with, with 30 or 40 rushing yards. But that's it. It's all receiving yards. Not with running backs. Pay attention to these guys. Jarek McKinnon, what a gem. Yeah. When Delvin Cook went down. <clears throat> Pardon me. But, I mean, and then there's so many other ones out there that, that you can look at that's not the Todd Gurley's or the, or the Le'Veon Bell's. I mean, Elvin Kamara is kind of like an anomaly. I mean, where'd he come from, obviously? But look at some of the other guys. Christian McCaffrey. Um, Carlos Hyde has 340 receiving yards on top of 850. You look at Carlos Hyde next year in the spring. Well, he only had 850 rushing yep. yards. He's not very good. But he had like over 1,100 total yards and whatever he gets next week. Duke Johnson's another one. He's a very versatile player. He's not going to win you a ton of games, but he's a good flex spot. And pay attention to these kind of things. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, he's got to fix that flex spot, right? Because we do. We want to just squeeze a... You know, what equates to a wide receiver four into that flex in a PPR, and we're forgetting we're leaving points on the bench with these running backs. All right, big one for me, Rick. You know, we all, and I did, I got wrapped into it, and I won one title doing it, granted. But this no RB, this wide receiver heavy, this sort of dovetails off of yours, PPR type of strategy is over for me, Rick. In 2018, Running back early and often. That is was another back one of my. For your boy, Rick Flieger. <clears throat> just to let you know, what my other resolution that I said stay with the basics because running backs are becoming the cornerstone again. Just so look I at, agree. Look at fantasy scoring in PPR leagues, sort of normal PPR leagues. Seven of your top 10 fantasy scorers this year are, in fact, running backs. If you have one of these guys, if you have two of these guys in some cases, which you can have is everyone else is sucking up all the wide receivers they can get a hold of, you're in pretty good shape. Number one, two, uh, five, six, seven, eight, and nine are all running backs in fantasy scoring this year. Gurley, Bell, Hunt, Kamara, Ingram, Gordon, McCoy. And you don't have to drop down too much further to sort of find the next run. So a lot of good wide receivers in the middle and amongst them, but there's a big run of wide running backs early, and that's going to be sort of what we talked about with the tight ends, right? There's so little separation between wide receiver 20 and wide receiver 50 or 60 and there is such a separation between wide or running back nine and what running back 40 i'm back to that strategy i've gotten away from it i got too far away from it this year and i'm back baby it's all rb i'm going back to the old school there you go man <clears throat> okay number 20 
Devin Funches. We're talking about, like, I'm going to use your little comparison here. Devin Funches, 61 receptions, 792 yards. And, of course, all these stats are through week 16. Seven touchdowns. In PPR, that's 185.2 points. We move on to 50. Kendall Wright, 54 catches, 585, only one touchdown. <clears throat> little disadvantage with a rookie quarterback in Chicago. But that's only, what, 60 points yeah. in 35 spots. 35 spots, right. Exactly. So think about the differentiator there than having a – a good top end number two running back or a good mid level tight end. It's huge. Every we gotta calm down. I'm as guilty as anybody. We gotta calm down on just hoarding every wide receiver we can get our hands on. I agree. All right, Rick, let's get to it. The great skullduggery, malfeasance. The hey, great do you want to do a story before oh, uh, we do that? Sure. Let's do it. There is actually a Florida attorney. Uh-oh. Florida's never good. That's facing several charges. <clears throat> Pardon me. I cannot shake this frog out of my throat here. After he allegedly paid female inmates for sexual acts for a proposed, quote-unquote, girls-in-jail porn series. I'd probably watch that. <clears throat> Andrew Spark was arrested. Is that his real name? That's Apparently. a pretty good porn name. It's like he was destined for it. <laughs> After deputies at the Pinellas County Jail caught him with his pants down while in the attorney visitation room with a 28-year-old female inmate. Detectives who entered the room as the two were allegedly about to begin a sexual act said Sparks <laughs> wonder was, what that means, about to begin. <laughs> Sparks was fully exposed, right according to station WTVT. And um, apparently he was able to... I going by a lot of these, but apparently he was um, soliciting sex from at least two incarcerated women. In return, he would offer to put money in their commissary accounts, about 30 to $40 at the time. Ooh. He was able to get the women alone in private, private rooms by using his attorney visitation rights. <laughs> <clears throat> so Crime opportunity, I guess. Yeah, right? it's terrible, isn't it? I mean, you watch some of these jail shows, though. You get some really good-looking girls. <laughs> they get in jail, and all of a sudden they're not so good-looking anymore. But uh, I'd probably still watch it. I'd download that. <laughs> of course you would. It's what I do. It's my thing. Of course you would. All right, I'm missing a piece of paper here. Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite part of the week is Rick pulls crumpled no, no, piece I've of papers it. out of his pocket, <laughs> and then this is what he I'm calls. ready. I'm good. This Let's do some oh, picking here. All right, apparently, supposedly <laughs> – Supposedly, Rick Briggs has a one-game lead on me. <clears throat> no, After that supposedly. miraculous undefeated week, the week that we weren't on the air to one. document it. You are fake news. Well, I agree, but you know, I'm not going to kick up a fuss. This could be his last New Year, so I'm not going to make a big fuss. That doesn't even fit. Now you're just pushing buttons. So one game separates <laughs> no, see us. How that's, see, that was perfect. One game separates us heading into week 17. A tough one to pick. Right now, I'm going Briggs, 139 and 66. Flieger, 138 and 67. You're welcome. You've probably won a bunch of money. You should. You should be betting the money lines with the asylum. But I'm going to get it back. I'm going to write this injustice. I'm going to take my rightful heir, my rightful seat on the throne. <laughs> 
of the 2017 season. The first time in about seven years. Yeah, I'm usually not so good at this. All right, Rick, starting out the Giants at home, mercifully ending their year taking on the Redskins. Yeah, I mean, Washington, they're out of the playoffs, but I I think Kirk Cousins would love to finish 8-8. The Giants, they're toast. I I don't think Eli even cares if he's in New York any longer. I'm going Washington 31, New York 20. Yeah, I got it 31-13, and, you know, not that it matters at this point of the season, but I think that the discord amongst that Giants team has hit a crescendo with now they're calling Eli Apple a cancer yeah. publicly. I mean, this That's thing, always good. Yeah, this thing has completely come undone, and I don't see how they get together and win one for the Gipper to wrap it up, <laughs> so I got the skins here. All right, Rick, the Pats probably won't need any help from Al River on this week as they host the New York Jets. No, they still have something to play for, and that's bad news for the Jets. I'm going kind of like Buffalo. I think it's going to be competitive early, but Patriots overwhelmed them, 33-16. Yeah, and I actually thought that until I remembered that Bryce Petty was starting for the Jets this week, and that leads me down to 41-9, to <laughs> and I'm not certain it's going to be that close. Because one thing you do know, the Patch can be up 20 at halftime, have everything wrapped up. They're not taking the foot off the pedal, no. right? They live to embarrass people, and that's what they're going to do to the Jets here. Vikings, Rick, at home taking on the Bears. Still something to play for Minnesota as well. And um, I like Minnesota at home, 26, Chicago 16. I get a feeling this one's going to be close. I yeah. don't know why. I think it's going to be a little bit ugly. Division it's going to be game. one of those old NFC North slobber knocker type of games. I, I think the Vikings win this one at home. They, they need it. The Bears are about done. But I think the Bears give them a fight and, and keep it a little bit ugly. I'm going to take the Vikings here 19-13. to 13. All right, Rick, the Lions at home after just lionsing all over themselves in Cincinnati last week. At home, wrapping up the year, taking on Brett Hundley and the Packers. Yeah, and now that it means nothing, I look for Detroit to bounce back (laughs) and uh, end in a positive note in a tight one. I'm going Detroit 27, Green Bay 25. Yeah, you're going to see them this week, and you're going to say, man, that looks like a playoff team, aren't you? I'm sure. That's what you're going to say about them. I think they win this one fairly easily. I got them 27-17. All right, Colts at home, Rick, taking on the Texans, and God knows who's going to be playing quarterback for the Texans this week. And they signed If Josh you went Johnson. back eight or ten weeks ago, you wouldn't even think about this game. Now you think, oh, Houston's going to kill him. Oh, absolutely. I'm going Indianapolis in, in a just a – I don't even think it's an upset after watching Houston play against Pittsburgh. I think Indianapolis is a better team right now, 20-17. to 17. Yeah, I got 23-17. I'm right there with you. All right, the Steelers, I guess quasi having something to play for at home, taking on the Browns who haven't beaten them there since, I believe, what was it, Rick, 2003, I believe was the last time the – the uh, Cleve Brownies won a game in Heinz Field. Yeah, and I think Pittsburgh is definitely going to win this football game. And it's it's just going to be a, a typical Pittsburgh-Cleveland game. Cleveland hang around for a little bit, but I'm going Pittsburgh 24, Cleveland 10. Yep, I got 24-13. <clears throat> Not much separation here. we got to find one we disagree <laughs> on or I can't possibly catch you. All right, Rick, the Eagles at home. Nick Foles supposedly going to play from everything I'm hearing, but really not looking like uh, the second coming of Carson Wentz. They do have everything wrapped up as they host the Cowboys. Yeah, this is one game. You look how bad Dallas is playing. 
or, or can they bounce back like Detroit? Is Philadelphia, you know, Philadelphia? I don't think can lose no, their one spot. Up, right? Yeah, they. You know, so that really bothers me when you try to pick this game. But I just went straight down the line. I went Philadelphia twenty-eight, Dallas twenty-two. All right. So there's the there's the one we need, anyhow, Rick. I got a feeling. Number one, Nick Foles isn't that good. This team's in trouble when they get to the playoffs. Oh, no doubt. Look, they they play a good enough defense to hang with anybody. I don't trust Nick Foles to to make the play they're going to need. Because here's what they were doing before: they're playing pretty decent defense, and Carson Wentz is putting up thirty on everybody. Right. Nick Foles ain't that guy, and it isn't going to happen in the play. Maybe they win one. I just don't see them with Nick Foles as a Super Bowl contender. So you look at that. You got the Cowboys coming in, nothing to play for either. But you got Zeke Elliott. Everything he dealt with this year, I think he runs all over this Eagles team. I, I think the Cowboys actually win this one walking away. I can see the Cowboys getting up early and the Eagles calling off the dogs saying, all right, we already got Carson Wentz out. We can't afford any other injuries. Very possible. I got the Cowboys here, 28-17. to 17. Quit kicking the table. I'm not kicking the table. I don't know where that is coming from. Really? Yeah. That's what it is. I'm leaning against it. Yeah. I think I think the console is coming apart. I'm going to have to get a screwdriver. Alejandro. I mean, where's he at? He's in Belarus. I mean, it's crazy. Can't get anything done. He's going to get kidnapped, I hope. Anyhow, Rick, where are we at? Ah, L.A., the Rams, who have said they're going to be resting everybody, hosting the 49ers. Yeah, and I mean, looking at this on paper, I'm looking for a very competitive game. But now that the Rams are basically resting anybody, I think I'm going Jimmy G. I'm going uh, San Francisco 34 Los Angeles, 29. Yeah, I don't think this one's even close, Rick. I think you sit down Goff, you sit down Gurley. I imagine you sit down Aaron Donald. I didn't hear who they were going to sit on the defensive side, but if they're going to rest these guys, Jimmy G playing the way he is, just the way he's rolling, <clears throat> plus you get a get the L.A. Rams B team. I think the 49ers come in and smack them around a little bit, 27-10. to 10. Chargers, Rick, at home. Two games in L.A. this week at home taking on your boy Derek Carr and the Raiders. Chargers have their whole life on the line. They laid an egg against Kansas City. When I just don't think they're a very good matchup against Kansas City. Lost both games to them. I look for uh, the Chargers to not have a really difficult time with Oakland. I'm going uh, 34-24. Chargers. Yeah, I kept this thing within a touchdown just because it's a divisional game. I'd like to think the Raiders have some pride, but yeah, th- th- this is this is the Chargers. The Raiders, you know, really badly. Anyhow, I got the Chargers here, thirty to twenty-four. All right, Broncos at home taking on Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Denver twenty-four, Kansas City sixteen. Kansas City has nothing to play for. Patrick Mahomes is in there, and I got a feeling Kareem Hunt will be rested. You'll see a lot of. Uh, you know, other players as well. So I'm going Denver 24 16. I was hoping we differ on that one. I, I have it closed because I don't trust Denver to be able oh, to exactly. score any points, but I got the Broncos here 16 13. All right, this one was tough to pick because I don't know what the Jaguars are going to do. Doug Marone says he's not resting anybody. I don't know if I trust him. I don't know if I trust the players to give 100% effort. The Titans fighting for their playoff lives at home taking on the Jaguars. There's just something about Tennessee that is such a letdown, isn't it? The Mariota, the whole thing. They looked for all the world like they were right. taking that next step early in the year, and the wheels have come off of everything. Yeah, and, you know, 
I'm, I'm like you in a way. Are they going to be that engaged? But I tell you what, when you've had such a dry spell as Jacksonville, you know, eleven and five looks a lot better than ten and six. Right. And it, I do believe a little bit of momentum. So I'm going Jacksonville twenty-one, Tennessee twenty. <laughs> I have the score twenty-one twenty, but I got way. Tennessee going <laughs> the other way. I just. Maybe it's foolish. I agree with everything you said about Jacksonville. And if they play everybody, they are a better team than the Tennessee Titans. I just think it's hard for a team to stay engaged when you got a team fighting and clawing to get into the playoffs and you're locked into your spot. The only thing that gives me pause here, if the Jaguars, even if they lost, but they hadn't just got embarrassed out in San Francisco last week, right. they may be treating this game differently. There's probably a pride factor there. Which, which makes this pick hard for me. I just, I'm going to default in this situation the team that's got to have it versus the team that has nothing to gain, especially a team in the playoffs with nothing. A team eliminated doesn't care. That might be a different story. They've got nothing to gain here, everything to lose with a wild card game coming up next week. So I'm going to take the Titans 21-20, but I sure don't feel good about it. I can't tell you that. I don't feel good about a lot of these picks. All right, the Bucks at home. Hopefully Jameis Winston's calmed down after that hissy fit last week hosting the Saints. Saints have a ton to play for, and I don't think Tampa Bay is good enough to beat them. I'm going New Orleans 30, Tampa Bay 21. Is New Orleans a legit Super Bowl contender? I think so. They might be the best right now with Carson Wentz out in the NFC as I look at this. I feel silly saying it just because it's the Saints, but this isn't our, the usual Saints. No, and it's still a Saints Sean Payton, Drew Brees, and, and actually a much better defense than probably the one that won the Super Bowl. Right. So maybe not the, the offense isn't as flashy, but boy, I tell you what, it's brutal with Kamara and, and um, it, you know Ingram. You can run the football. Exactly. You can play defense. And oh, by the way, the numbers wouldn't tell you that, but you still got Drew Brees at the quarterback. And he's by far, Rick, going to be by far, by 10 times the best quarterback representing the NFC in the playoffs this year. I mean, it's not even close. And he's still over 4,000 yards passing. Right, right. Yeah, he's not at 5,300 yards this year. But then again, he never had running backs with, what, combined, God knows what, 220-some hundred yards combined? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're talking back-to-back, the one, two, three – the number four and number five fantasy scorers in the league this year, and Alvin Kamara. And yeah, Mark you look Ingram. at them; they are over seventeen hundred yards rushing and over eleven hundred yards receiving. God, you're almost at three thousand total yards with those two right, guys. Right. And Breeze is still over four thousand yeah. yards. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget Michael Thomas, who isn't too much further down that list right. in terms of total yards. It's crazy. Anyhow, yeah, I got the Saints here, thirty-one twenty-three. The Bucks are within eight on everybody and have the ball in their hand late in the fourth quarter. I don't know how they lose them all, but they always have the ball down by eight with late in the fourth quarter. So I think that's how it's going to end, thirty-one twenty-three. All right, Rick, Dolphins at home hosting the Bills, who have an outside still have an outside shot at the playoffs. We talked about this earlier. I think Jay Cutler is. You're going to pocket that 10 mil, go on home. We're out of the playoffs. I got no bonus money coming. I'm bored. I'm going back to my wife. See ya. Yep. I'm going Buffalo 27, Miami 23. Yeah, they're already saying he's going to start, but probably isn't going to finish this game, which could actually 
bode well for the Dolphins and be a problem for the Bills because, as we know, if Matt Moore starts, he can't get the ball right. over the line of scrimmage. But if he comes in mid-game, he's Peyton Manning for two quarters. Right. <laughs> I don't know how. It's the weirdest thing. Talk about your quintessential backup quarterback. Right. But, yeah, this means too much to the Bills. The Dolphins don't care. I got the Bills here 23-17. All right, the Seahawks still looking to get in at home, taking on the Cardinals. Yeah, they're at home, and I'll tell you what, they beat up Dallas last week. I think Seattle's going to do what they have to do to get to the playoffs. Whether they make it or not, I don't know, but I think they're going to win. I'm going Seattle 27, Arizona 20. Yeah, what, they need a, fo- a win and a Falcons loss, I believe. I believe, yeah. We'll get to that game next. But the Seahawks will do their part. I, I think they win this one fairly easily. Just so many quarterback problems. You know, Drew Stanton going to Seattle doesn't sound like a winner, even with all the problems <laughs> in Seattle right now. Right. And I got the Hawks 28-16. All right, the aforementioned Falcons drink at home taking on the Panthers. This is intriguing. It's, it's very intriguing. Carolina wins. They win the division. I believe, isn't it? Or no, New Orleans has I think to it's a lose. Win and a New Orleans they can loss, they can right? still win the division. Um, I like Atlanta. I th- I think Atlanta is fighting for their playoff lives more than Carolina is. Obviously, Carolina loses is still a wild card. I'm going Atlanta in a very close game, thirty to twenty four. Yeah, I see it going the same way, and the the Falcons just need it a little bit more. And quite frankly, the Falcons might be a better football team anyhow. They I can't explain their struggles on offense. I don't get it. A lot of Devontae Freeman fumbling on the goal line and right. getting stopped short last week. I just think they're a better football team. They got to have. I'll take them by a field goal, 27-24. And wrapping it up, win and they're in, Rick. The Ravens at home taking on the Bungles. And unfortunately, um, I don't think Cincinnati – they were embarrassed, I think, in week one against Baltimore – I think they're going to make it a game because they don't like each other. It's an AFC North game. But, you know, Baltimore, when you're in, just like you said, I'm going Baltimore 24, Cincinnati 17. Explain to me, Rick. You've watched some Baltimore Raven games this year, right? More than I want. How are they going to finish this season with 10 wins? How are they going to finish this season? Because they have, number one, they have an extremely good defense. Okay. And their schedule was not that horrid. I I mean, I think we covered this once before a few weeks back. But if you look, you go in week one, they won at Cincinnati. Then they beat Cleveland. They got trucked by Jacksonville. Okay. They got trucked by Pittsburgh. Then they beat Oakland who obviously isn't nearly as yeah, good we as, as what we thought. thought that was a good win at the time, but it wasn't. Then they lost, as every AFC North team did, to Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> weird, isn't it? Yeah, right. They lost again to Minnesota. Then they won against Miami. Then they won against another team we talk about being disappointing, Tennessee. Won against Green Bay, 23 nothing. who had just lost, I think, Aaron Rodgers, right. I believe. Beat Houston who we know is no longer any good. They beat Detroit, who is Detroit. Yeah, they're just Detroit. They lost to Pittsburgh in that wild shootout. Then they beat Cleveland again, and they beat Indianapolis. And now they play Cincinnati. Now, you look at their wins, there's not a ton of quality wins on that schedule. (laughs) 
fair. It's but fair. they're going to be ten and six. Yeah, they're going to be ten and six. They're going to be the five seed, and I don't know why. I got a feeling, Rick, they could go into Kansas City and and win that football game as well. I I really do. Oh no I, doubt. I believe that. And then you know, if, if you're a Steeler fan, you might be rooting for that because they're the one. Th- not this team as it sits, but the Baltimore Ravens as a franchise are the one team that have shown they can go up to Foxborough in the playoffs and win a football game. Right. I. Can this team do it? I wouldn't think, but you just don't know. You you, just, you never you never know. That's why they play the game. Yeah. I mean, is it a, a Jim Harbaugh thing that has a little number on New yeah, England? We have no idea. It's possible, but I think I might be a Ravens fan until the AFC Championship. <laughs> right, game. it's a weird deal. But anyhow, I got the Ravens here, twenty six thirteen. That was a long way to get to that. Oh well. All right, before we get out of here, obviously the season's over. We were going to talk about it off the air, but I think we just do it on the air. Maybe oh, plus get... I got uh, some other stuff oh, here, too. Oh, well, your other stuff. Do you know? No. From 2011 through 2016. Know. Okay. The top 10 declining beer brands. Top 10 declining. Declining. Well, it's probably all sales. the old standbys, right, because of all the craft beer. 10. This is a number. I'll go from ten to one. To ten. As any good list does. Right. Ice House. I don't with, think I ever had a lot with of declining that. sales of six point six percent. So every percentage I give you is how much they've declined in these, these last five years. All right. Miller Lite, twelve point six percent. Oh wow, that's a. I thought everybody drank that. Bud Light. Nineteen point seven percent. That's my stuff there. That did not decline. But it, it, it's it's very surprising. I mean, you think about how many barrels of Bud Light probably brews, and they're losing almost twenty percent of that. Yeah, that is a lot that's of big. sales. Bush, nineteen point seven percent. Apparently, nineteen point seven percent less. Right, right. Natural ice. Natty Boo on natural Natty Bo. ice. Oh. 20.9%. I always liked ice beers. I never knew the difference, but I did like them. That's just because you saw the word ice yeah, and thought it was cool. Yeah, it made me feel better. Yeah. yeah. Budweiser. Yeah, I get that. 20.2%. 22.2%. So factor that in Excuse with me. Bud Light. Anheuser-Busch is struggling. And Bush. Bit. Yeah, and Bush. You're Anheuser-Busch, duh. And who makes natural? Is that an I think that is. I think Bush? that's them, too, I believe. Wow. Natural light. Natty bow on twenty three percent. People wising up on that one. Miller High Life, regular Miller. Oh, I love the High Life. Twenty four point one percent. The champagne that is a of beers, ton. Rick. That's a shame. exactly. That's the champagne of beers. Keystone Light at number two. Oh, I drank a lot of that in 26.2% college. 26.2% decline. I vomited so much of that. I'm probably a big contributor to that because I bought a lot of it back then, and I can't even look at the box now. And the number one. Most declining beer brand in the last five years, and deservedly so, Bud Light Lime oh, at 35.5%. Well, that just means they went from selling 100 cases a year to 65. Right, right? exactly. Who would drink that? You know, all of this, those are all the big brands. I knew that's what the list was going to be because a hipsters like Alejandro have to buy all this weird stuff. It's a thing now. Beer's a scene, man. But... Some of the ones surprised me, like like Miller High Life or even regular Bud kind of surprised. I would see, I would think maybe like Michelob, you know. Yeah. Well, or when's the last time anybody bought a Michelob? Old, old Milwaukee's. I mean, <laughs> they still make it. Yeah, 
Yeah, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Those kind, I would you think, would Pabst, be fading away. No, but they're not. Pabst has become, I joke around a lot about the hipster, but amongst the real hipsters in this world, Pabst is a thing now. They drink it ironically. It's had this resurgent. It's like, it's the in beer now. Is well, PBR. good for the hipsters. Yeah, but it's, this, this is the kind of thing they do, and they chose PBR yeah. is the drink they do that with. Awesome. But what's funny is, like, when I think about, like, the Red Label Budweiser, the, the full test cores, you'd think, you know, that's not the, the – how do I put this? It's not the casual drinker. You'd think that has a hardcore audience, right? Yeah. You'd think so. My, my dad drinks the, the Red Label Budweiser. Yeah, the great uncle with the gut hanging yeah, out. He's not buying <laughs> yeah. anything else. That's just what he buys. Right. You know, he's not going to go try the craft beer. He's not going to have a light this week. No, it's just right. I drink beer. Beer is Budweiser. You know, to some people, every – pop soda whatever you call it here from it's coke it's yeah. a coke give me if it's a pepsi if it's an rc right. if it's fago it's coke yeah. Yeah, beer <laughs> is a budweiser beer yeah. is a miller you know right. so i'm actually surprised those numbers are dropping yeah i have too because i wouldn't think they're bringing in a lot of new business it's just you have your core budweiser drinkers because there's people like like alejandro he drinks nine all kinds of weird stuff because he, he's a beer snob right no and, he, he's a beer connoisseur a beer have a, the utmost respect for his taste well, only beer. because he provides it to you free of cost is the only reason well, you feel that way. Because you ain't out buying any of that stuff. Actually, I... You're, I've seen you yank more than one case of Yingling out of a cooler before. Yingling's good beer. I can never... Get, I can drink Yingling it, is, I don't a, is a great it. beer. And it's the oldest brewery in the country. 1826. That's something to survive that long. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like it's had a research. I hadn't heard of Yingling till like ten years ago. Really, I know it was around, but I hadn't. It wasn't in my purview, and now everybody drinks. Yingling. Well, you, well, the thing is, they won a big lawsuit against Coors, Bud, or Anheuser Busch and Miller. This is quite a few years ago, maybe ten years ago, something of that nature, where those three actually tried to sue to get. Um, Yingling to lose their tax advantage status in the state of Pennsylvania. Of course, it was basically thrown out because Coors gets theirs in Colorado, and Anheuser Busch gets theirs in Missouri, and I think Miller's wherever they're at, Wisconsin, whatever. Yeah, they're in Milwaukee, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, and and they command, I think, sixty five percent of beer sales in Pennsylvania. Yingling. No kidding. And they were trying to get in. They make the, anything other than Yingling. Oh yeah. Is there other beers they make? Yingling makes, of course, Yingling Lager. And yeah. Well, they make Yingling Lager. They they make the light. They make a black and tan. Oh, I remember that was like it That's only come out beer like around the holidays. No, or it's something. on all the time. Didn't they used to do that or something? I don't think so. There was a thing where I, before we were married, he, my now father-in-law, but that's what I would buy him for Christmas, a case of that black and tan because uh-huh. he couldn't get it all year round and okay. it was expensive. So that, or yeah. maybe it was just expensive. I don't know. I remember yeah. it being a big deal when it was available. Though. They make a porter. They have a an ale called um, Lord. I think it's like Lord Chesterfield Ale. And they, they have a few other ones. I mean, they've got quite the selection, and they've they've moved north and south as well. So I mean, yeah, they're actually growing where the other ones are shrinking. Yeah, weird, very weird. All right, what do you got? Uh, also, I, we got to figure out what we're going to do in the off season, right? I, I, we could do it off off uh, off Mike, but why not just do it here? Give people a chance at Asylum Football, Asylum Football at Gmail to chime in yeah. of what you want us to do because I'm not doing an hour and a half of trying to predict what's going to happen in August every week through February to July. I'm not going to do it. 
No, I'm not either. I think that's just ludicrous, and people think that we're going to do that. Yeah, because we're not. So I, I think every show, and actually, I'm going to get my little pen out, Rick. I'm going to keep training. So every show, we have to have a fantasy segment, right? If we're going to be on fake pigskin, we'll have to have a fantasy segment of some sort every week. So well, sure, of course so we. I up. mean, we're not going to abandon fantasy football, but once the season's over, let's face it, it's not quite as exciting, right? So I think, and I don't know, you feel free to veto anything like you would ever hesitate anyhow. I think we have a general sports page, right? Like a news desk. This is the sports page, right? Whatever's going on in the world of sports we talk about. I think we got to have that, right? Yes, definitely. All right. And I th- I just came up with an idea. All right. And I, and I think this will work well all through the winter into the spring while we're prepping for the NFL draft and everything like that. I think we can have – snooty story time oh okay (laughs) i don't know what that means but i'm intrigued so what what, was snooty going to tell the story are you going to find a weekly story about snooty Snooty is going to tell the story okay so i assume there's gonna be some type of news of the weird or something i will we'll wait till whatever snooty comes up with okay so here's what i want to do and i want to know what you think about it because i don't know if you'll like we'll cover the olympics well we have winter olympics I mean, curling, curling is your thing, curling man. Curling and the luge and the all luge. that crazy stuff. I watch the luge all the time. You just that. like saying luge, it. Luge yeah. and Wait, curling. how crazy. These guys are going like 90 miles oh, an yeah, hour, man. two inches off the ground. These guys are nuts. I love it. So here's what I want to do. I'm thinking we need just regular news of the world, not oh, sports definitely. related. But, but with a caveat, I want to do it. I don't know what we'll call it. Maybe Rick Briggs take. You, you fascinate me. The, the inner workings of an old, dried up, drunken, angry <laughs> I, white guy. I think I uh, take um, offense to that, <laughs> I think. I couldn't offend you with a nine-pound <laughs> hammer, and you know it. So what I'm thinking is I, spe- I specifically pick out news. Because okay. you see, a lot of times, even in football topics, I find myself more fasc- less fascinated by the story as to what somebody like you, because you're a dying breed, man. You're a dinosaur. <laughs> what somebody like you thinks about it. So Hello, I think- <laughs> Kettle. My name's Paul. <laughs> well, you're right. I'm just 10 years behind you, yeah. or 20 years behind you. 20 years, right? Yeah. 19, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'll be the last one in my generation. You're the last one of yours, just, you know, a half step up from, from what I am. And then everybody's a woman after my generation, right? So I don't think you're supposed to say that, but it's true. So what I want to do, specially selected news, news stories, and it's Rick's take, Rick Briggs' take. Takes from, takes from a dinosaur. We'll come up with a name for it. So, so that's what I'm going to do. So we're, we're going to hit everything from what? Just news stories? Just whatever. I might hit you with some politics. I might hit right. you with some just the news of the world. No, and it's not going to be. I'm not going to read the stock market. But anything I look yeah. at and say. Well, these dividends <laughs> could be very intriguing. But they're, it's pathetic. I mean, this is how you've wormed yourself into my world, and I don't like it. But I'll be reading, not even sports or that. I'll be reading something in the newspaper. You and know, let's, seen... let's tell a little background oh, story. okay. Rick and I started working at the same company on the very same day one day, years ago. And How about a cruel twist <clears throat> of fate, huh? We actually worked. We had to park way up on top of a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to walk underground to go to work. Probably, what, a mile? Two Close to, to it. There? Probably a mile to, to get to work. And we live in northwest Pennsylvania, and it gets rather nasty at times. 
but like two old goats. <laughs> just goats. Right. goats. No, not the kind of goat Tom Brady is, it, actual goats. It did not matter what the weather was like. It could have been mid-July and pouring rain, mid-January in sub-zero temperature, wind chill, minus 40. Rick and I, not even saying a word, we would meet at lunchtime at the mouth of the cave, right. walk to the top of the hill, get in our cars, make our phone calls, turn around and trudge back down. Yeah. Even if we had nobody to call, exactly. we'd go sit in the truck for 15 minutes <laughs> exactly. and then right back down there. Because the hill. it was light outside. It's what we did. It's what we it's did. And it made thing. no difference. So right then and there, it was like, okay, we are both miserable. We both hate each other. But let's face it, we're the only two yeah. that would tolerate the exactly. other one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Kindred spirits. If exactly. So... I, so I think, but I find myself, Rick, reading the newspaper and seeing a story that I look at, and I think that seems about a quarter inch off to me. God, I wonder what Rick would say about this. So that's what I want our news to be. We just sit here and read news and try to come up with funny zings about it, but every dummy does that, right? Yeah, right. I want Rick Briggs' take on the news of the day. So that's a pretty good show right there, right? Fantasy, sports page, snooty story time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and Briggs' takes. And, and, of course, you never know in some of these stories. We may have dead bodies in houses for well, years. And, well, you think I'm not going to be looking for that. You're crazy. Exactly. And I'll be looking for them, too. Oh, yeah. Well, and there, there's going to be a lot of open forums, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Just whatever's going on in the world. So consider this your warning. That's actually why I want to do this on Oh, let's say we have to also say that once 2017 only, you have to go to fakepigskin.com. Go to the podcast page Ooh. there to find the asylum. Right. And you can you can find us there, and you can connect to Stitcher or iTunes, whichever one you prefer. We'll still be on iTunes. We'll still be on Stitcher. But our blog talk uh, page is done. Right. As of this episode, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about it. So we've been threatening this all season. Somehow we made it through. One entire for the first time in our careers, we made it through an entire football season with one affiliate without tell, having them tell us to pound sand or just stop responding to us. Is most of the way we've been fired over the years is they just quit responding to us. So effective at the end of this show, this will be the last show you are going to find on AsylumFantasySports.com, the last show you're going to find on Blog Talk Radio, and as such, the current, if you're listening to it through that, that current iTunes feed, this show will no longer be there. Go to FakePigskin.com, find us under podcast, find the new the new iTunes link or the new Stitcher link, subscribe there. That will be the only place, the exclusive home of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. The Twitter will stay the same. The email will stay the same. But the website, the blog talk, and that old blog talk iTunes feed are no more after this episode. I'll leave it up for about another week or two so that you hear this, probably a week, another week, so that you hear this. Go over to fakepigskin.com subscribe, like, comment, do everything you do over there. That is going to be the only place you're going to find the asylum after this week's episode. So, so good, do not forget. Good remembery, Rick. Well yes, done. Yes, do, well do not forget. Get to fakepigskin.com and, you know, hook it up, hook with us there and subscribe. It's free. 
And if you're if you're getting the automatic downloads from the old iTunes feed, you won't get it after this episode. So you've got to get it set up. It's going away. So, but now, be fair, Warren. The reason we had this discussion of what the off-season show is going to be like is if you're that guy, the ten guys who gave us negative feedback on the old what do we call that show? Point uh, blank. Point blank show. This isn't fantasy football at all. I tune in for fantasy football, and they're making jokes and laughing and having fun and talking about something that is not fantasy football. You're not going to like this show in the no. offseason. I wasted so, 15 minutes. So be fair warned. We're going to do fantasy football. We're going to do a lot of sports. We're going to do a lot of football. But we're going to have some fun. We're going to take it off the reservation and have some fun the rest of this winter and this summer. And we'll get back into it full, the same old fantasy show you're used to come next uh, next uh, Let's try that whenever again. next August. But until then, it's going to be a little something. To, you're going to enjoy it. Give it a try. Have a little fun. It's going to be like some old fashioned talk radio that I'm still hooked on. I might be the last guy on the planet, but I still love it. I do too. So let's leave it there, Rick. I think. All right. <laughs> Just pushing buttons now. So Bye. thanks so much for listening. Good luck and God bless you if you're still playing this week. I hope you get a championship. We probably didn't do much to help you because we don't think you should be playing anyhow. At Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com, fakepigskin.com. Got to go there. It's the only place you're going to get the show. We That's will right. be back next week, preview the wild card round. Until then, we'll see you. Dilly dilly. Take care. <laughs> That's never going to go away, is it? I hope dilly not. Dilly. It is funny. I love that dorky guy. Because... Uh, the one who broke out of prison to buy the beer and then locked himself back No, up. the one that sat at the table. It was always dilly-dilly yeah. and everything. <laughs> oh, no Alejandro. i got to walk back over there. Oh, that's right. <laughs>